This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the episode that all started on the day that I died. Hey, I'm supposed to do that part. I feel dead? Well, the good news is, it's like more of a metaphorical death. I guess so. But if I can only find a cat to just breathe in my mouth, I'll come right back to life, baby. Hey, I know a pretty cool cat. I, That's uh, being I hope you're not talking so about generous. the ginger skull so day. So generous. <laughs> Wow, what an intro. That was the nicest thing you guys have ever said. Yeah, yeah, one just, of us said it. I didn't say it. I, I just want to be on record you... saying that I did not say it. <laughs> it's uh, true. You didn't say it. But really, I just want to see him breathe into your mouth. Oh, boy. That's pretty fair, and it sounds huh? like a Patreon episode in the making. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> oh. We'll do it, but you got to pay for you it. you got to pay for the, <laughs> the smutty goods. I've done worse for money. <laughs> now, Dave. You called us cowards yet again. How dare you? And told us to talk about Catwoman from 2004, directed by Pitoff. Pitoff. Oh, you're going to put the famous director, <laughs> second French director in two weeks, Pitoff. Pitoff. I think it's like rice pilaf, but with a T. That's douchey. Pitoff. No last name. He thinks he's Oprah. <laughs> after, after what? He did, like, what was he, second unit on. Alien Resurrection. Good enough. Come on, man. Right? Famous director, Petoff. Petoff. But, Ginger Skull Dave Novak, you call us cowards. We said, we'll do Catwoman if you come on. And you said, you got it. You got it. And you know what? I Honestly, I thought you guys were kitting me at first. But oh, this, gee, nope. Is you that, had, that's how this is going to go? Uh-huh. Oh, wait, there's a couple more coming. Brace yourself. You guys were formidable and... <laughs> uh, that's about it. That's all we need. That's all we need. I think we just need uh, Port than me. All we need is two. Arnold Schwarzenegger would be disappointed. Ah, well, you know what? I'm powerful. What can I say? Good enough. You know what? <laughs> I'm glad that you're out. I had others, but I forgot them. You already used fur. Well, <laughs> Brian, there's not that many cat puns <laughs> that I have, and a lot of them rely on the word fur. You could have written this movie, I feel like, then. <laughs> Yeah, I think he would have been perfect. <laughs> Are you trying to say that this movie was You have flawful? to roll your tongue for a minimum another 10 seconds. Oh, that's true. For it to be in this movie. Oh, I know Halle Berry. She's a professional. <laughs> You're right. Oscar winner Halle Berry. This is a funny movie because... <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Canonically, within our show, our first few episodes, we always said, next week we're going to talk about Catwoman. Just... As a joke. Right. Like, we knew we were never, ever going to talk about Catwoman. It was like the one rule we set in advance. There's no reason to ever talk about that movie. But now here we are. Yep. And the way me and Brian like to talk about movies is we don't like to come in hard. We we really, we don't like to be super opinionated right off the bat. We like to let the movie play out and yeah. just play around in the space. If it's a good movie, be able to shit on it. If it's a bad movie, be able to appreciate it. You Find have to good. celebrate mm-hmm. But you also have to be able to tear it down no matter what it is. Exactly. One of those two things I'm going to have trouble with this time. <laughs> we yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. 
We got to find a way to tear down Catwoman. Exactly. It's going to be hard, but I think we can find a way. Are you boys just ready to get into this thing? This is going to be an adventure. It's going to be a ride for sure. So we might as well strap in. Let's do it. We start out with an opening credits montage that would make the folks at cinemacats.com overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) Please tell me you didn't bother going to Cinema Cats for this. Oh, I spent an entire day on their (laughs) review of this. No, it's actually shorter than I expected it to be, and we will get there. Oh, great. I'm going to hold my breath. But this opening credits scene is just a nonstop barrage of cats and cat women and cat facts. It's basically just like a history of cats and then how they became cat women. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all accompanied by a VO by Halle Berry about, it all started in the day I died. It's very Sunset Boulevard because she is floating upside down. She is. Doing the VO. It's like, I mean, pit off. Pit off. The ball's on you. If there had been an obituary, it would have described the unremarkable life of an unremarkable woman, survived by no one. But there was no obituary because the day that I died was also the day I started to live. Thrilling. Isn't it? But that comes later. Did Halle Berry just will get there us? She sure did. Wow. And now I feel like the villain. A little bit. I'm like, oh, (laughs) now I know how that feels. And if not the villain, at the very least, the (laughs) anti-hero. Yeah. And she goes on about, you know, the monotony of daily life. And it was very relatable to me. I don't know about you guys. but She was supposed to be an artist by now. And instead, she was designing ads for beauty cream. Does that hit too close to home? Very close to home. (laughs) Very close. I just love that we are setting up that the main villain in this is a beauty product industry. I love that, that <laughs> those are the stakes that we are setting right away in this shitty looking computer animated city. <laughs> That's it. Beauty products. 1989 Batman was a long time ago at it, this point. It was. And let's not forget, this is a lady hero. That's right. So. Oh, guys, I got. Yeah, we'll get there. And can I just quickly say. That the opening credits for this movie were three minutes and 35 seconds long. Really? They yes. felt longer. <laughs> yes. However, they did get us the greatest line of text ever, which is just cat mummies. Greatest line yep. of text I've ever seen. Cat mummies. <laughs> My notes for that opening scene was just cat, 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 witches and devils, cat, cat, cat. Nailed it. That's all of the above. And that took you five seconds. Oh, Perfect. Yeah. Then we get into the actual movie. Meet Patience Phillips, played by Halle Berry. She's a timid woman who can't stand up for herself. She lets people walk all over her, and she's wasted her artistic talent working for a cosmetic company as a graphic designer. Side note, this cosmetic company must be massive to have an internal art department that's this big with this many employees. I'm talking like Coca-Cola big. Way too big for an internal agency at a cosmetics company. It's insane. And I also like how Jumping ahead a little bit, like, I would just figure that she would be using, like, Adobe Photoshop or whatever. No, she's, like, painting things by hand for this company. Yeah, well, sometimes... It's the old school way. Sometimes you have to do that. Especially if you're Patience Phillips. The company is run by George Hedare, played by Lambert Wilson, whoever he is, and his supermodel wife, Laurel, played by Sharon Stone. Whoever she is. Whoever, whoever what? She, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Laurel's being ousted as the spokesmodel for the company as they launch their new anti-aging cream called Bioline, which looks like it should be pronounced Bowline. It should. Which Laurel has been using in secret for years. And we're in like this weird conference room during all this, like this presentation's happening. Yeah. And it's very Dr. Strangelove. 
to put it oh. lightly with the big circular conference room table with the big circular conference room light above it. It's like nothing ever good has happened in those rooms. This feels like deja vu. It sure does. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Season <laughs> <the> finale. <laughs> Very evil room. Evil room. Everybody knows you got a circular table and a circular light above it that match. Evil. Shady, You're the bad guy. Shady things are happening there. Right. George has problems with Patience's most recent design. Despite her best friend slash co-worker, Sally, played by Alex fucking Borstein. She's the only person in this movie who gets a fucking. And it's deserved. She tells her that uh, she's the best artist in the place. But that doesn't do anything for George because the red is wrong. The red is all wrong. It seems like George is going to fire Patience, but Laurel tells him to give her another chance at the design. But mostly because they have their own shit going on. Yeah. Well, she even says, like, you know she's good. Come on. It's like, do you know Come on. she's good? I feel like you don't even know who she is. Also fair. Yeah. George decides he wants to design the new design, updated design, by midnight the next day. And that is also realistic. <laughs> well, it's funny the way that he words it, because he's like, I want it by tomorrow night. And she's like, okay, you got it. He's like, midnight. It's like, I, I know, you already said tomorrow night. Honestly, if he hadn't said midnight, I'd have been like, all right, five o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> he extended her deadline, if anything. Six hours, yeah. Or seven. Let's not do math here. No, we don't do math. We don't do math. No. No. There's no and, and by the way, time and space do not exist in this movie, but as you guys say, we'll get there. <laughs> we will absolutely get there. It does not exist. Time and space as synonyms for story and character. <laughs> well, it has none of the above. Time, space, story, character, Motivation, anything? No, we'll anything. We'll we'll get there. We have to get there. And I'm gonna end up saying some positive things about this movie at the end of it, but Time and space making any sense of this movie. I, I, whatever. We'll get there. <laughs> he gets it. Yeah. I get it now. I get it now. Upset and frustrated, Patience returns home and sees a cat looking up at her. All right. There's a cat. She tries to go to sleep, but her neighbors keep her up blasting Hoobastank at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I hate it so much. I, I get it. This is the part of the movie I can relate to. I was like, all right. I know I know. We're ha- this is happening in 2004 now. Yep. Account of Hoobastank. Exactly. Literally. Dated itself. My specific note says, quote, if that's not a sign of the mid-2000s, I don't know what is. (laughs) (laughs) Can I quickly talk about the camera? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Please take your time with this. Pitoff got a camera. (laughs) And oh, boy, did he use it. He's like, hey, might as well, right? Might as well just move this thing all the time. Oh, you're saying that we could do flying shots? I want to do that and only that for the rest (laughs) of this movie. (laughs) This camera might as well be on a drone. It just does not stop flying around wherever it is. I honestly think that he's just having cameramen throw it up in the air, and he's like, we'll just use what part of it we can. (laughs) And we'll cut it next to somebody else throwing their camera in the air. Sacre bleu, I'm artistic! (laughs) I like that you get to use the sacre bleu twice in a row. I'm so happy. Two weeks in a row. I'm making an official motion, by the way. I'm pronouncing this man's name as Pit of. Yeah. You do you. Uh, a Pit of whatever. <laughs> it, I think it's more like a rice pilaf, like I said. A rice pitoff, if you will. This man shouldn't even have a name. He should have his identity stripped from him. In fact, and we he should, should go into hiding. We should give him extra names. He thinks he's good enough for one name. I think he needs like four or five. So he got the job because obviously he had some sort of talent. Some sort of talent. Somebody right? looked at him and said, yeah, you could do a Catwoman. Now, I don't think that it's an insult to say that somebody has no talent. That's just so lazy of an, an insult to give somebody. It's like, oh, you're talentless. You have no talent. Yeah. At SNL, there's a very famous story about how when Chevy Chase came back to host, him and Bill Murray got into a, a 
bit of a fight backstage right before Chevy did his monologue. And after they got separated by John Belushi, Bill Murray yelled at Chevy Chase, medium talent. And I think that is the single greatest insult ever thrown at somebody. (laughs) That you can grasp that somebody has some talent, but it just isn't that good. Just not enough of it. Pitoff is medium talent. Medium talent. He had enough to get him there, but that's it. That's it. <laughs> because there there are some decent shots in this movie, but none of them have been presented thus Blink far. and you'll miss them. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. it. Literally, yes. A lot of Dutch angles, too, I noticed. I don't know. A Dutch angle means that the camera stopped. That's true. <laughs> that's you know what? Fair point. A chance to be Dutched. Yes. The next morning, the damn cat is on her window ledge. And she's like, all right, the cat's back. It's weird. And then the cat disappears. She's like, oh, I better go look out the window and see where the cat is. Right, this cat that I suddenly have a major interest in. I just really got to know what this cat's doing. I'm, I was painting before, but now got to investigate right. this cat. I have a deadline, midnight, now tonight. Right. But I'm just going to recreationally paint something else. Also, I changed out of my pajamas back into the clothes I was wearing yesterday. <laughs> also oh. true. <laughs> It's like she's doing a walk of shame of her own life. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The cat climbs up to a higher ledge and Patience is like, oh no, he probably stuck up there. I better climb out onto my window ledge to rescue this random cat, as people do. While she's up there, a passing detective, played by Benjamin Bratt, sees her and tells her that he wishes she would step back from that ledge, my friend. Oh, great reference. Thank you. Dave gave me a dis- disapproving look. Oh. Well, you know what? You want to see another disappointing look from Dave? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this guy, he's a member of Claw Enforcement. Uh. Oh, boy. It's a pun about law enforcement and cats. Cool. Another cat pun. Real cool. Yeah. I'm feline like good about that. Here we are. Yep. Yeah. This is happening. Doing cat puns, huh? This yep. is happening. Yep. All right. And by the way, this is 11 minutes into the movie. We established our <laughs> yeah, <romantic> yes. <laughs> Eleven minutes. Benjamin into Bratt's the movie. not that bad. He's not actually. Uh, he's not no, bad. He's not he bad. does. He does what he can with what he's given. Uh, yeah, I would say there's a, a couple people in this movie who do that. Alex, Bruce. honestly though, yes. better. <laughs> it would have been a better movie if he was replaced with Jason Alexander. Why? Okay, so reason number one, I've been drinking. Reason number two. This Catwoman, she's supposed to be like sort of like a, a an awkward artist. She's uh, she doesn't know how to interact with people. She's very I don't know, just it's socially unaware and awkward. And you have this. I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna I'm gonna use the label Stud Muffin Benjamin Bratt Stud Muffin. Pick her out out of a lineup or out of a building, whatever. It just didn't really seem to make sense. Like it, it, if it was a frumpy detective, much like a Jason Alexander, fresh off of Seinfeld. I think it would have been more relatable. I was, about to, I was about to say fresh off of the Matrix, but I thought that was a little bit too deep of a joke. Jason Alexander did typically get girls way out of his league. Oh, and absolutely. This actually would like fit dead into that stereotype of who he would end up with in Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. yeah That's yeah. He, true. Mar- That's weird. If you're going to move on from Marissa Tomei, Halle Berry is a pretty goddamn good second choice. Yeah, I was going to say, like, even though she's playing this character who is socially unaware and a little frumpy, she's still Halle Berry. Halle fucking (laughs) Berry. I'll add the F word there. Oh, and another casting note, uh, Lambert Wilson, who is the main bad guy, if they replaced him with David Bowie, also a better movie. But go on. Sorry. When I first saw him, I said, is that Christoph Waltz? And then when I looked it up and saw it wasn't Christoph Waltz, I went, okay, 
<laughs> yeah, poor Christoph man's Christoph Waltz. Waltz. Pretty much. Also a better movie. Lambert Wilson's okay in this. For the I brief mean, time he's yeah, in there. He's barely in it, and yeah. he's very smarmy, and you hate him. So exactly. he, he does his does job. the job. Benjamin Bratt rushes up to her apartment, kicks in the door, and pulls her to safety as the air conditioner she was stupidly standing on falls from the window. He, he saves her, and it, I don't know how he scaled the stairs that fast, but he did it. I don't know how he got through the door that easily. He just kicked it, and it opened, and then later, when it closed, fine. So It was fine. He's got the master lock of f- feet. Sure. Shoes? <laughs> I don't know. But then I like how right away, they're like, you see the quote-unquote chemistry yeah, right. between them. <laughs> But then she's like, God, now I'm late for work all of a sudden. Yeah. Not when I was just painting, painting rescuing cats. Now I'm all of a sudden, I have to sprint out of here. And she just leaves him in, her apartment. in her apartment. <laughs> and she drops her wallet as she's running away. She gronk spiked this thing as she's if it's a like... cue in a film of this wallet needs to be dropped because it's in the script. And gosh darn it, I'm going to drop it. Pitoff told me to drop the, drop the wallet. So, And then I like how Benjamin Bratt opens the wallet. Like he doesn't know who it belongs. He's yeah, like, "Oh, <laughs> whose is this? This is weird." That's Detective Tom Lone, and he's one of insert city names finest. Exactly. <laughs> Time and space do not exist. That checks out so far. Yep. He tracks her down to her workplace and returns the wallet to her, and is a wildly objectified by Sally, which I kind of like. Actually, I love it. You know, if we're gonna be doing it, doing it to everybody, but also they're not quite as hard doing it to the. It's just Alex Borstein objectifying men, and I'm here for it. I Mm -hmm. am all for it because- But it comes back the other way too hard. It comes back, it swings back even harder. Yeah. (laughs) But Alex Borstein is a treat all the time. She's great. I love her. Detective Lone asks patients on a coffee date. Which is weird. He just rescued her. Very innocent. He doesn't know that she didn't jump, like she wasn't trying to kill herself. That's true. And he's just like, oh gosh, she's really at the end of her rope. I'll try. I'll try. You know what? Might as well. <laughs> He's got a type. What's that type, Brian? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Brian. Ladies he rescues from ledges who see imaginary cats. And then the cat's actually in their apartment after they come back inside. It's a very oh. specific type. He's like trying to like white knight these girls pretty much. He's like, ah, damsel in distress. Daddy can get it up tonight. Wow. Perfect. I really dislike this character more now. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty terrible. He so let's just backtrack a little bit. He opened up her wallet, like her personal property. He found well, her place of employment, tracked her down, and then asked her on a day after he just quote unquote saved her from a suicide attempt. That you missed is, a very important step in there. He what? went into his own office and Googled what she does for a living so he could drop some lines on her when he looks through her art book. Oh my god, I forgot about that. And I would feel, yeah. I would I would judge that man even more if I did not do the exact same thing on dating apps sometimes. This guy's a complete sociopath. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And I think the ginger skull might be too. What did he <laughs> well, just say? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we almost brushed right over that. What was yeah, that? I don't think we need to we need to spend time <laughs> on that. I'm also not a fucking cop, all right? This is the problem. I've seen the ginger skull's dating apps from hanging out with him. And me taking his phone after he said <laughs> someone matched with him on straight grinder or there whatever go, yeah. it is. And yep. he handed me the phone one time. And it was just a girl holding a heart in her hands. Yes. <laughs> like a human heart? I think we it was an animal heart. We, we but anatomically know. correct. But we are not sure. It wasn't like a cute like she's heart-shaped like a tchotchke. girl or whatever it is. So this is an and actual she's heart. just holding a heart 
Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Dave is hundred percent correct. She is uh, holding a human. Well, I'm presuming a human heart. I'm hoping it's a human heart, and I'm hoping that it's not from a medical situation. That speaks volumes. No, what yes. speaks volumes is Dave Messenger back. Oh my god! Of course, he's like, oh, maybe someday that could be my heart. I'm trying to think of a good cat pun for that, and I can't. So let's just let's just move on from my good. Could we could we please move on from my bad dating life? Oh boy. Oh no, boy. No. He's just going to keep going back keep to all uh-huh. and fur and Uh-huh. All right. That night Patience goes to the production factory to deliver artwork even though it seems like George definitely has an office in the same building and email exists in 2004. She's going to go to the production facility for whatever this cream is. Right. The building's closed. The building's closed. Surprise, it's midnight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she manages to find an unlocked door. But then she accidentally overhears a, a shady business meeting about the catastrophic side effects of Bioline, which I almost again said Bowline. Right, but then you also have this one guy, I don't, the science the man? Science, of the, the scientist. The company or whatever, and he's giving an exposition dump about what's so dangerous about yeah. Bowline. <laughs> but while he's giving the explanation behind it, there's all these weird cuts happening. Well, yeah, of course. While he's talking in a single shot, they decide to cut briefly. Like they remove frames to make it seem energetic. It was a very excited speech about side effects. Nothing makes sense. And guys, let's not skip over the fact. When she shows up to the building, there's clearly a security guard outside of the building who's yep. just like, well, I don't care. Just go in. Like, you would think he would be like, I'm sorry, what are you doing here? Well, they're having a secret meeting. What do you have? Artwork? I'll take that and <laughs> deliver it to them. That would be the end of the fucking movie right there. But the guy's like, eh, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah, just shoot like, you later. Looking in one direction, and she must have, like, driven up, parked, got out of her car, and he's just like, whatever's going on over there is really interesting. <laughs> yeah, this fucking industrial sewage plant where there's nobody else around, the garbage city in the background <laughs> looking like the garbage it is. And he's Straight just, out of an just, N64 game. It's true. Uh, it's like... It's like the background of Superman 64. It's fucking, ah, god damn it. That is not far off. (laughs) (sighs) Laurel Hedera is in this meeting, and she wants to push the the product to market anyway, since she's been using it, and she's like, ah, whatever. If if it ruins people's faces, they'll just have to keep using it. And the scientist guy's like, that's a terrible idea, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like, surely the FDA will find out about this, and we will be in a lot of trouble. Patience has stumbled upon this meeting and is famously clumsy, so she backs into some lab equipment, creating a clatter and alerting the participants participants <laughs> of this shady meeting to her presence. They start chasing her right away. Yeah. These two security guards slash cosmetic company hitmen <laughs> chase Jesus. her through a, a giant warehouse into a, a wastewater pipe that is conveniently has an opening that's patient-sized. And uh, she just she goes in there because, you know, all factories have that, the giant tube that you can walk into for flushing out all the chemicals and whatnot into Well, yeah, but nobody talks bay. about it. Nobody uh, talks about these things. I dare you. No, nay, a triple dog dare you. Oh. To go to L'Oreal after hours and see that you don't get flushed. See if it happens. <laughs> triple dog dare. I mean, you went right for the throat. Speaking about famous cosmetic company hitmen, Estee Lauder. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want to fuck with them. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's manslaughter. <laughs> oh, end it right there. That's the best joke of his podcast oh, man. in history. 
Well done, Brian. Can we remember that the bad guys are a makeup company? Yeah. Well, remember, Lady Hero. Fair enough. Yep. We gotta and- we gotta keep this lady friendly. But they're the, like the most important company in the city as well. Whenever anything happens to this company, it's on the news immediately. <laughs> like this cosmetic company gets more media coverage than the entirety of COVID in most states. Like anything they do, immediately, immediately front page news. Okay. Breaking news: Mr. Unilever just ate an apple. <laughs> Have you seen their internal ad department? They probably have a serious amount of PR people on staff. This checks out. (laughs) Like, this is like the only industry of this city. It's large pipes and cosmetics. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, realistically, wherever Super Mario Brothers takes place, their only export is large pipes. Yeah. Realistically. This is probably, they're probably keeping the Mushroom Kingdom in business. Exactly. So Armando and Wesley, that's the name of the of the two cool guys, named them. in case you need to know. Sure. They trap her inside the giant tube and flush her into the river, and she drowns. She does. Presumably to death. That's typically what, what drowning is. you drown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that weird cat that's been randomly popping up around patients appears by her body with a whole bunch of other cats. And I bet they're hungry, because it's a pretty well-documented fact that cats don't wait very long after their owners die to eat them. And they start with the face. And that's real. This is why I don't own a cat. And also because cats are stupid. Cats are awful. Dogs will wait like a couple weeks before they start eating you. And then they'll start with your arms and legs. Cats will wait an hour and start with your face. (laughs) But it turns out this cat isn't going to eat her face at all. It's just going to exhale some green breath into her and wake her up like nothing happened. (laughs) I hate this cat so much. It crawls on her chest. The camera is just... I don't know, camera fucking this cat just at this point. It's inside the cat. It's just looking yeah. at the cat so close up, the cat just opens its mouth like, <sighs> They had the nerve to say that 99.9% of the shots of cats in this movie were real. No. And I'm going to tell you right now, 20% of this cat alone <laughs> is CGI. fake. And this oh. is the main cat in the movie. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe the head of this thing is real? Uh, I don't at know. At the very least, but I don't know. this thing is not a real cat. Maybe There's the no other way. 27 cats in the scene are all real, but no. This one right here, not the audacity. Uh, on a completely different note, did anybody else think that she kind of looked like old Greg when she got reincarnated? <laughs> <laughs> Is that just me? Yes. Is she drinking Bailey's out of an old poop? Why, why, when she sat up right after that, she's like, Bailey's? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy I went for my face and not my downstairs mix-up. <laughs> The Capri's in their mouth. She goes to try to find the funk. Go. <laughs> Patience is all wonky now. Her senses are heightened like she's Ben Affleck, but her vision is weird. She bats at a spider like it's some kind of, I don't know, laser, and she's like a cat <laughs> woman or something. Let's talk about this because this is a drastic departure. Oh, yeah. We from have. What Catwoman is. <laughs> We've shifted the, the story for sure. In Batman Returns. She gets all fucky psychologically. Right. And she starts to take on this persona of a cat. Eartha Kitt back in the day, kind of the same thing. Kind right. of like, likes cats. So she wants to embody the cat. Yeah, she goes Fine. from a Makes cat lady symbol. to a cat Fine. woman. Yeah. This turns an actual physical woman into a fucking cat. Yeah, I think Pitoff has only ever seen Spider-Man. He was like, all right, that's what we have to do. <laughs> right. Radioactive cat breathes life into her, and then she's a cat woman. 
an actual feline. A feline female. Yes. And here is where I'm going to get some hate mail. More hate mail than normal. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I don't think they did it well at all. But I am okay with, I'm going to call it the bravery of this movie. (laughs) The Uh, bravery of this movie. of The sheer cojones. I'll call it cojones. I will call it audacity. Chutzpah. I love (laughs) the fact that they were like, you know what? We know that there's a history to this. We're going to do our own fucking thing. And they didn't care about the canon. They created a whole new canon from it. And they did a very bad job with it. I totally get that. But, <laughs> but I they did think it. They... they did it. And I don't think a lot of movie, like, I, I don't think a lot of superhero movies today have that ability to do that. I mean, you guys can disagree with me, but I think I, if I'm if, not going to disagree with you, mostly mm-hmm. just because Robert Pattinson's The Batman comes out next year. And in it, he gets bit by a bat and has to deal with COVID symptoms the whole entire movie. <laughs> so I get what That's they're going it. for. It's just one rich man fighting against a uh, pandemic. Exactly. And I heard after he gets bit by the bat, he gets a lot of batitude. So that's that's the character now. You're just gonna do puns. That's that's that's, that's, that's where I've devolved though. Seriously though, I I they did a bad job with it. Granted, they did not do a good job with it. But I do like that there was an era of superhero movie making where they were able to kind of diverge from canon storylines and have a little bit of freedom with the material. They did a very bad job with it, but I like that they can do that. And I don't know if a lot of movies have that freedom today without such a, I mean, this had a negative backlash from the fans, but I think it would be doubly so if that was to happen today. Yeah, I think this is a classic example of what every troll on the internet says now whenever they announce one of these castings. They're like, give them their own character. Don't make it a Selena Kyle. Make it its own version. And then when that happens, they hate it too. So <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the internet sucks so hard. How about that? It's all it just cats on it. Patience returns home, but not through the door. She smashes through her own window after leaping up onto the fire escape. Yep, she's a cat. We get it. Oh. Yep. She wakes up the next morning on a shelf in her apartment, but she can't really remember anything <laughs> from the night before. So she just goes to work, totally missing her coffee date with Detective Lone. And again, time and space do not exist. So she had a date in the middle of a workday? Is that is that what I'm led to believe here? Did I think she was supposed that? to go to the coffee date before she went to work. Like at 7 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, I mean, that's when people drink coffee, right? Artists I drink people, man. They kind I of drink coffee. go to the beat of their own drum. That's true. But maybe I'm just doing dating wrong. I mean, clearly I'm doing dating wrong, but... The, she was holding a sense. heart, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the future Mrs. Novak that you're talking about. <laughs> All right, so you watch your mouth, Dave Michaels. You watch your mouth. <laughs> by the way... Sure by, Mrs. By the Skull. Way, by, the, <laughs> by the way, Brad, before you go on, I'm sorry. I need to point out for the next scene and a couple scenes after... Halle Berry, for some reason, is wearing a shirt with very puffy sleeves, and that distracted the fuck out of me for like the next <laughs> half an hour. She was dressed like a pirate. Continue. Yeah, well, at least I'm she sorry. changed. I guess she was again dressed like Jerry Seinfeld out of like that episode. Yeah, where he be a pirate. Shirt. <laughs> Her intention was to go to work anyway, but she sees that damn cat again, and she's like, "Who do you belong to?" And she finds an address on the cat's collar. And she's going to go. a piece of paper on the cat's collar. Well, yeah, that's how you do it, right? You ra- roll up a piece of paper, you put it they inside the cat's collar. They treat this cat like a fucking carrier pigeon. 
How you just uh, take like a little tube out and you unroll it and you're just like, I guess I'm going there now. I guess this is what my next journey is. The cat belongs to an older woman named Ophelia Powers. <laughs> Played by Francis fucking Conroy. It's you want to give her the fucking? I do. Really? Six feet under. Excuse me. She's great in Six Feet Under. I don't know that she's done anything else well. Fine. And That's I'm fine. including Joker in that. And How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, and How I Met Your Mother, which All right. is a show that I will defend. I will defend it the whole way through. But not Francis Conroy on that She show. makes great eggs. <laughs> Don't forget it. I was very impressed by Francis Conroy's acting decision to just not act in this movie. I thought that was so bold and brave. <laughs> not acting is a choice, too. That's true. Not, not forget it. Cho- lots of choice. choices were made. Like a bag of cream cheese, just very <laughs> stuck with it. <laughs> Cream cheese. What? Do you buy cream cheese in the in a bag? I well, I buy all my products in bags, Brian. All right. Noted. Bread? Bag. Milk? Yeah. Bag. Peanut butter? <laughs> bag. <laughs> Pork? Bag. You know what those bags are made out of, Brian? I'm afraid to ask. They're made out of shemp. <laughs> What a good throwback. That is a throwback to our Army of Darkness episode. Oh, man. Which, I, at this point... He walked us both right up did. to that ledge. He did. And then he pushed us out and then breathed in our mouths. Cat puns and shemp. That's that's who the ginger skull is now. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, thank you. I made myself Go listen cry. to our Army of Darkness episode if you don't understand that reference. <laughs> and you'd be forgiven for not understanding that reference because I don't think we understood the reference while it was being no. made. Right? <laughs> Listen to a joke and just get murdered and stabbed over and over again in the <laughs> chest. He's not wrong. <laughs> he also made the same joke on our Forrest Gump episode yeah. on Patreon. <laughs> wow. That was I, just last week. Came out last week. <laughs> that's a doozy of one. That's a, that's such a fun episode. It's a very fun episode. It's very fun. From the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, from Forrest Gump to Catwoman. Ophelia tells Patience that the random cat that keeps visiting her is named Midnight. And Patience is like, that's great, but I gotta go to work. So she tries to leave, and Ophelia throws a ball of catnip at her, which she then rubs all over her face. Oh my god. (laughs) Just all up in there. Now, I understand that an Oscar statue is, it's stationary. Yeah. It's a statue. It does not move. I'm convinced that its head dropped just a little bit in shame after knowing that Halle Berry did this movie next and rubbed catnip all over her face. On her face. Never forget. Never forget. She leaves to go to work, convincing herself that she's totally fine. She's like, that was weird. But no, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Smash cut to George, yelling at patients in front of all of her coworkers for not handing in her project. And she's like, sorry? She doesn't have any memory. Of she doesn't remember what happened at, at the, all. the bad place. And he's like, "Sorry is not good enough." So she offers him the remix. I'm sorry for every second I wasted working for an untalented, unethical egomaniac like you. Boom, roasted. So he fires her. <laughs> As you should. But all of her coworkers are like, "Oh, that they was start awesome. like applauding." And he's not even at an earshot and the entire department is just cheering. They hate this guy. Yeah, and now he knows it. I think he knew it before, he and he doesn't care because he's, you know, rich. He's rich, and he's he's got a supermodel wife, and he's banging a younger supermodel on the side. Right? 
Patience packs up her things, and while she and Sally are walking home, two dogs start barking, so she hisses at them. Again, she's a cat. Don't forget it. They pass by a jewelry store, and Patience is like, ooh, I like that necklace. I want that necklace. And Sally's like, you're unemployed. <laughs> because <laughs> Sally is the best character in this movie. I like how real she gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Sally collapses. Because, Out of nowhere. Because she's been using the, the B.O. lean. Right? She says that she's like hooked on the stuff. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's great. And she works there, so she gets it early. So yeah. She's just I, yep. She, it. she had a way of getting it. And then she just passes out. So Patience. We need to advance the story somehow. Yep. So Patience brings her to the hospital. I like how at the hospital, <laughs> she gets, Sally gets just rolled out, and then they just continue the conversation. Yeah. Like they were just having. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. They didn't miss a beat. And all the while, Halle Berry is still wearing puffy sleeves. <laughs> that is still You're not wrong. going on. Yes. yes, it is. Patience goes to visit Detective Lone at a school to apologize for missing their date, and she brings him a coffee that she's written sorry on the cup, because she's sorry. I like how he's able to find her at work, and she's just able to find him yeah. at the school. They're he's at school. For each other. Like, he's like teaching kids uh, in the community about not doing crime, I guess. But I like how once he notices like Patience in the doorway... He needs to like move this thing along, and he's like, I want you to be the good guys. Now let's go shoot some hoops. <laughs> Come on, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then they play basketball. Se- they do. Seductively? Uh, well, these random kids come up to him and start saying, one-on-one? 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 You want to go one-on-one, one-on-one against one-on-one? the cop kid? No, I want you two to go one-on-one against each Which other. Which is just weird. It's always what kids want to see uh-huh. is just two adults play basketball right. against each other. And then- they play basketball against each other. Oh, man. If, if you didn't have a headache before this scene started. Oh, my God. Oh, but God. I don't know how they didn't just end up boning on the court. Oh, the song that's playing is called Scandalous. So I assume <laughs> yeah. what they're doing is supposed to be scandalous, but it's in front of all these children. I mean, they're rubbing up against each other. Oh, yeah. They're going wild on each other. At one point. Benjamin Bratt pulls up his shirt to show off his abs, and you see the clear wire from the the, the lob that's under there. I <laughs> don't care. Yeah, they're no. distracted by the Benjamin Bratt almost abs. Honestly, I'm surprised you saw anything because the way this camera is just rapidly switching angles and moving, and it was jarring, and it made me nauseous. It's not good. Choices were made. This whole scene gave me a headache, but the the worst part about it was, to backtrack, she got the powers of a cat. Yep. How is she good at basketball now? Everybody knows cats are good at basketball. That's why they're not allowed to play in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, You see, now if it was a dog, they would have gotten the Airbud rules. They would be fine, but cats- Exactly. Exactly, but they also know that, I mean, Airbud's going to miss sometimes. Right. If you go back to the 1963, when the NBA merger- happened they brought in the cat leagues and then they're like kitty cat wilson you're just too damn good at this sport and also you're trying to fuck everyone on the court because that's, that's what, what cats, cats do. do is they try to just bone down on the court it's something about that that's why patience phillips is doing giant it. orange ball they're just like oh uh-huh. man i gotta first dunk this and then screw that other basketball <laughs> right. player i'm gonna dunk this ball through the hoop and then i'm gonna dunk my balls into that's not how it works that's oh, how you end no. up getting matched up with someone holding a heart. <laughs> okay. Well, again, the future misses no fact that you're talking about. <laughs> Secondly, for all of your younger viewers who may have not lived during this time or might not have been cognizant or, or active, 
Firstly, if they're viewing this, they're doing it wrong. (laughs) And now I'm self-conscious. Who's watching us? 100% correct. Secondly, this scene, and you guys can disagree with me, but this scene is emblematic of everything that was terrible about the mid-2000s. This is it all wrapped up into one basketball scene. Didn't they have some sort of like daredevil fight in the park also or whatever? Yes, they absolutely did. I feel like that this is the same thing. In a way. The mid-2000s was all about having sexy fights in front of children. Well, I mean, even The Matrix Reloaded did it in the park. Oh, yeah. There weren't any children there, though. Ah, you need children to make it sexy. Ah, you're right. No, no, no. It's not the children that make it sexy, because that one was still sexy, but that's because there were just so many Agent Smiths that that's automatically sexy. The sex level goes to the roof. We all know that. Oh, God, I hated the scene. (laughs) It's so uncomfortable. Choices were made. The best part about this scene is after the music is done, so presumably the scene's done, the kid goes, can we have our ball back? (laughs) (laughs) Are you two done dry humping around our basketball? (laughs) I I got that for a birthday gift from Grandma. (laughs) I just don't want those memories because she's not around anymore. (laughs) Do you want to maybe wash it off before you give it back? (laughs) I'm just picturing that scene of like Ralph Wiggum explaining to his parents like he saw Principal Skinner and uh and the Kabapple <laughs> <laughs> and the closet together and they were making babies and one of the babies winked at him. It's like <laughs> I'm like I'm like that's pretty much basically what happened on this basketball court in front of these children who just just wanted to learn how to not do crime. That's it. They wanted yeah. not to do crime <laughs> and then saw a public sex act. They might not remember it, though, because of the Category 8 uh, earthquake that was happening around them. At least that's what I assume was happening with the cameras. That's pretty fair. Uh, do you mean category or category? Yep. You walked right into that one. I sure did, didn't I? Yep. That's on So patience, patience is going to go home and eat eight cans of tuna. <laughs> Just laying there on her bed eating tuna, as if you didn't know she was a cat already. Yep. The most relatable scene in the movie, but go on. That night, her neighbors are doing their usual hoobastank party shenanigans. So she yells at him to shut up, and they're like, you shut up, lady. So she goes over to the party, knocks down the door, tackles the dude throwing the party, and sprays the speakers with the keg, destroying them. Also, this keg has got some serious pressure, because she, like, blasts him back with it. Oh, yeah. You cannot do a keg stand on that. You're going to get, like, blown off the back oh, of your no. head. Oh, no. Yeah, that's that's just a recipe for disaster. Oh, yeah. But she does find, thanks to the tab of the keg, that she likes using a whip. So maybe that'll come back. Cool. All of a sudden, she's like, okay, I'm, I'm something like a of a badass here, aren't I? So she goes home, and she puts on this leather outfit that Sally got her. She's like, I'll never wear that, but now she's going to because yep. she's cool. And then she cuts her own hair like some kind of Edward Scissorhands that really needs to talk to the manager. Oh, <laughs> I, I kind of like her hair. such a Karen haircut. It's, you're right. It's the Karenist of haircuts. <laughs> you're right. I liked it, but you're right. And the blonde highlights don't help. First off, the puffy sleeves are gone for those keeping count. The yep. leather outfit has zippers on the boobs for some reason. That's for easy uh, breastfeeding. Breastfeeding of yeah. kittens. Yeah, for sexy moms. Oh. Sally thinks okay. of everything. I'll believe it. Patient steals her neighbor's motorcycle and heads to that jewelry store from before. Yeah, and sometimes she wears a helmet and sometimes not, yeah, well, depending <laughs> on how the shot is. <laughs> oh, to be a cat. She's driving down the road, and the cuts here are oh. just bananas again. And you see that she is sometimes wearing a motorcycle helmet, and then it goes away. And, then and sometimes that is not it's... the first nor last time this will happen in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's already some dudes 
in there robbing the jewelry store. And she's like, oh, that's a pretty good idea. I should do that. So she goes in and she fights them with her new cat-like reflexes and agility. And then she robs the place instead. She's like, oh, good, good idea, guys. I'm going to beat you up, save the day, and then also rob this jewelry store. The next morning, she sees what she's done because apparently she doesn't have memories from when she's Catwoman. And she goes, oh, I better return all this jewelry. And she puts it in a bag and she writes, sorry on it. This is after she goes onto the bed and she's wearing a very large ring on her finger. Yes, she is. And then we cut and she tries on a ring on said finger. Yep. Going, this looks nice. And you're like, okay. <laughs> this is not on Pitoff. This is on the editors at this point. Time and space. Unless they had to work with what they had because Pitoff is medium talent. Right. Maybe they shot too many scenes in IMAX before they were like, we're not doing it in IMAX because this movie's not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I could have told you something going to be good. And it's mostly <laughs> because of the people who wrote this thing. How you have screenplay by John Rogers, story and screenplay by Michael Ferris and John Brancato, and story by Teresa Rebeck. I worked with Teresa Rebeck. Oh, really? On a famously... Really? horribly run show called Smash on NBC. It's famous <laughs> for the debacle that was the production of it. And we had to go into hiatus many a time during the first season because she can never get the screenplays in on time. That's a problem. And when I saw her name on this, I went, this checks out. <laughs> this makes a lot of uh, sense. Connecting dots. <laughs> so she returns the bag of jewelry that she's now written sorry on. It looks a lot like that coffee cup from earlier. And she also leaves it with some cupcakes. And wouldn't you know it, Detective Lone is the one working the yep, case. the only detective in the city. So that little message, that might come back to haunt her. Only if he turns the bag around in a timely manner, which he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't see it. I, don't, I can't believe he doesn't see it. I don't know how he doesn't see it. He just looks at the bag from one side. You know, like a detective does. <laughs> right. <laughs> Patience is going to do some Googling about cats and finally decides that she needs to go talk to Ophelia. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. In the search engine, she types in cats, <laughs> women. Yep. And then she types in cats in history. And I guarantee you, I'm not <laughs> going to do this. I guarantee you, if you type that into your Google browser right now, the first thing that's going to come up is some type of weird fairy porn. I, and what I, am I I'm typing hoping in? That I'll take cats, a dive. What am I typing in? Cats, women. It was like that, a and period then, after cats, right? It was just like cats, period, you're 100% right. Cats, period, women, period. Dave, please type that in and then go to Google image search. I would love to see what <laughs> pops up. Make sure your uh, parental fil filters are off. Always. Incognito mode. It's and, a lot of women it, just holding cats. They're all very lonely. I. This is some sort the of The first article here, though, is cats and women, why the connection? <laughs> How there's a crazy cat lady trope. That's a true thing. So no porn. Oh, there's, there is strangely no porn here. Strangely. Weird. That is disappointing. If I go to Bing, though. <laughs> well, she was oh, definitely using, she was using Ask Jeeves or something. I'll Ask Jeeves, I don't mind. She might have been using Dogpile. Jeez. <laughs> it was 2004, who knows? Oh. All right, typed in cats, period, woman, period, and ask.com. First thing comes up is... Mm -hmm. Seductive suspender lingerie. <laughs> All right, we did it. <laughs> yes. Thank, All right. Thank you, search engines from 2004. That's got to be close enough to smut. That's close enough. Yeah, yeah, you almost made it there. <laughs> so she goes to talk to Ophelia, and Ophelia tells Patience that Midnight is a rare Egyptian Mao breed, which we know is a lie, 
because there's no such thing as cat breeds. That's right. But allegedly, this particular breed has mystical powers that they can gift to dead women. Right. <laughs> she just outright says, direct quote, you are a cat woman now. <laughs> yep. And I like how they're like walking through her house and they're on this upper balcony in this living room and she pushes her. Yep. What you would think is over the rail, but no, 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 no. The rail opens up like a door and she falls to the ground and obviously lands on her feet because right. she's now a cat she woman. She is a cat woman. And it makes me think this Ophelia Powers woman has done this many a time before. Well. That she has had to do it before and the ladies fell over the rail and she's like, ha, I don't want to hurt my lovely, lovely cat women. So I'll just have this open up into some sort of <laughs> fucking weird H.H. H. Holmes hotel <laughs> craziness here of murder. But a cat woman. It's like a cat woman test. Yeah. If she doesn't land on her feet, oh, I guess she was a witch. <laughs> right. She needs to die anyway. How many women did this woman kill? Or fake cat women did this woman kill? Like, how many women filled the test? It's a good thing Frances Conrad had that funeral home. It is a good thing. Give her some credit, though. Her name is literally Ophelia Powers, so she should be able to feel the powers, right? You would think. I get it now. I get it now. Ophelia Powers. Ah, that brilliant, brilliant movie. Ophelia tells patients that she and Catwoman are two completely different people, yet they are one, which is just a super crystal clear (laughs) message right there. Patience goes and sits on a rooftop with Midnight, vowing to find out who killed her and why. Sounds like it'll take some time, though. But it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. <laughs> God, no time, no space in this movie. <laughs> is this when the camera starts having sex with Halle Berry? It sure is, because now she is wearing her new super impractical leather outfit, which, according to some reports, continuously the top would fall off during filming. It's wild because she has the leather pants on. Yep. The pants are torn very strategically, but there's no skin underneath those tears. It is fabric. It is fabric. So what is the point? Uh, you know, to give the illusion of skin, but not actual skin. Right, but because... then she also just has this like bikini sort of top on yeah. with this weird chain, like a decorative chain that goes across. Like it would be like a Rambo type <laughs> machine gun ammo thing, but it's not. Just a chain. It's just a chain. Yeah. Like I said, super impractical. Catwoman immediately finds one of her murderers at a nightclub. Now, guys, if you know anything about this show, whenever somebody makes an order at a bar, we have to drink the same thing. So, what I've brought for you today... No, I don't have any... Thank God. I don't have any straight cream with me. Because she does. She orders a white Russian with no ice, no vodka, hold the Kahlua. The bartender's like, sure thing, that's not a weird request at all. And hands her a glass of cream. I would throw her right out. I'd be like, you've had enough. You are done. Then she dances around with a whip for a hot second and immediately breaks out into a weird sexy fight with this Maybelline mafioso in a back alley. That she, He's like sitting in front of the door to the back alley. She kicks him through it and then they're going to fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what's up with that. Seductively. He's like, hey, I don't, I don't know who, who the girl we killed was. He just told me to flush her, so I flushed her like a good employee. And all he knows is that had something to do with her overhearing some kind of corporate scandal. She's like, huh, this sounds familiar. I better go to corporate. <laughs> Just general corporate. Catwoman goes to the corporate headquarters of this. I don't know if they ever actually name this place or if Beoline is the name of the company or the product they're putting out. I have no idea. No clue. Very unclear. But she goes there and she finds the scientist from the shady business meeting lying dead on the floor. Of course. And the timing 
is super bad because a janitor walks by and sees Catwoman standing over the dead body and goes, yep, she killed him. You don't want that. That's the last thing you want. I really, really hate it whenever I walk somewhere and my own personal plot of life <laughs> just gets thrust into this. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Into this type of thing where you're just like, oh, damn it, a body. No one around? Well, that's lucky. But those times where people are around. That's when they're like, hey, you killed that guy. I'm like, no, I just got here, I just too. got here. I'm Maybe you did it. <laughs> this is like some sort of weird Alfred Hitchcock thing. Like, they want you to stumble across the body so you can advance the plot. And yeah. Now cause some sort of chaos and commotion for the character. Right. Instead, it's going to be a news flash. Dead body at the cosmetics factory. Sure. They, they say it was this cat lady that did it. Detective Lone is at his desk, and he sees the backside of the jewelry bag for the first time. <laughs> and he still has that coffee cup from, like, I don't know, a day or two before? Maybe. I don't know. Something like that. But he looks at him. And the word sorry is identical on the two things. So he goes to their handwriting expert, and the handwriting expert's like, no, nah, these were definitely written by two different people, even though they're identical. What I like he says identical. is he says, well, handwriting's not a, an exact science. And it's not. It's a pseudoscience. Right. It's like, sir, why do you have a job then? Why are people using your pseudoscience in the court of law? This is presumably a full-time position for this man. Oh, without a doubt. But then he's yes. also saying like, Oh, the letters on this show this and this type of personality. Yeah. Oh no, and this person. These two people insecure. together, oh, it'll be some sort of party. Which is doesn't make sense to me at all because he's talking about how one of them is super insecure and the other one's like a, a firecracker. Right. It's, no, it's yeah, it'd be very boring actually if you got the two of them together. One of them would want to do everything and one of them would want to do nothing. Exactly. In summary, he says it's not an exact science, and then he breaks it down to an exact science. <laughs> immediately after saying it's not. Totally adds up for this movie. Yeah. So Detective Lone's like, well, I guess it's not patience then. I don't even know why I thought that. That's crazy. <laughs> that word sorry doesn't look like that word sorry at all. Now a wanted criminal to the public, Catwoman sneaks into George's private residence, where she briefly gets into a fight with Laurel. And she doesn't know that Laurel's the actual person she's after. Catwoman's like, where's George? And Laurel's like, why, why do you want to find my husband and Catwoman's like oh because this new product he's putting out is pretty bad it's bad news she's like oh well here here's where he is the address and also a cell phone so I can reach you and tell you where he is if he moves I like how she just takes the cell phone and puts it down her pants yep <laughs> just <laughs> right north of that hoo-ha if that thing vibrates oh boy oh Ooh. boy howdy uh-huh well everybody knows when you're designing your own superhero outfit Never include pockets. <laughs> right, of course. So they all say. So Catwoman is on the prowl for George with this new helpful information from Laurel. And when she gets to the, the address, she's spotted by a security officer who calls the police, which is smart because this lady's wanted for murder. But she finds George with the new younger Beoline spokesmodel in a private balcony watching some kind of weird ballet. <laughs> it is a weird ballet. I like how the, the spokesmodel girl tries to talk. Yeah. I shouldn't say I like. No. Like like is probably uh, a <laughs> no, wrong word. But you already went with like, so just go with it. George <laughs> says, don't. And she's like, don't what? Don't what? Don't think ever is what he says to her. <laughs> oh, it's like, wow, Pitoff, why don't you put your thoughts about women out there even more? Yeah. Yeah. It's, Fuck, uh, man. Hooey. A little subtlety would be nice, I think, every once in a while. <laughs> Occasionally. Yeah. George isn't even the real villain in this movie. Right. And just to get back to how there's no timer, so when when Halle Berry breaks into their house, 
Sharon Stone is clearly, she was clearly asleep. Like, that was middle of the night. Then she, I guess she takes a fucking cab to this weird-ass opera, and there's just no time and place in this movie. Like, what time is it right now? Is it 8 o'clock? Was Sharon Stone in bed by, like, evening, like, after dinner? (laughs) Or is this, like, a midnight showing of this weird-ass opera? I don't know. Time and space. I don't know. I I don't know, man. (laughs) Time and space. Time and space. Catwoman tries to interrogate George, but she's cut short by the police suddenly arriving. So she pulls a John Wilkes booth and just runs straight across the stage, and then she comes face to face with Detective Lone. I like how you're saying runs across stage because she starts being part of like center stage while all these weird Cirque de so not people are <laughs> like doing their flippy <laughs> things around. Yeah. This show does not stop despite there being a cat woman on the stage. In fact, the audience loves it. And then the police start rushing the theater through the aisles and the show keeps going on. Well, the show must go on. Everybody knows but that. But then backstage is where Benjamin Bratt finds her and then they start, you know, they do a sexy the fight sexy again. Fight again. <laughs> because Catwoman only knows how to sexy fight. She's flirting with him, and she even kisses him before reinforcements arrive, and she flees. While the show keeps going on! Yeah. The show does not stop because there's all these weird lights going through. It's like, what show is this? What is this dedication that they have? (laughs) This was not a great fight, but it had its decent moments. Like when she licked his face? We'll get there, Brian. We'll get there. Nope, we're moving past it. (laughs) Okay. Patience and Detective Lone go on a date. This might be the same night, might be a different night. It doesn't Who matter anymore. Knows? He tells her about his encounter with Catwoman, and she's like, well, that's very interesting. So they go back to Patience's place, and they do the dirty. They sure do. That's, oh, first they run into the rain, because she hates rain. She hates the rain oh, so much. water. My cat. And this made me realize what this music is in this entire movie. This music might as well be straight out of the room. <laughs> it has all wow. that weird moaning the entire time. Like, oh, yeah. But this song, when they're boning, it might as well just be saying, you are my rose, you are my rose, you are my rose. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. But you're... even that sex is hotter. They sh- and he's not even doing it right in that movie. No, he's not. Famously not doing it right. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Halle Berry and Benjamin Bratt. There is nothing sexy. It's called chemistry, Dave. And also... Well, here's the thing. My name's... This is Sagrabu! Sagrabu! I forgot to... Sagrabu, this is Pitoff! I knew Chemistry is not an exact science. So this is what we're going with <laughs> when it comes to creating the characters. Chemistry is not an exact science, but handwriting analysis is. <laughs> Detective Lone wakes up in the middle of the night to get a drink. Because, you know, you get parched after doing the thing. And he finds a diamond-studded claw in her carpet, and he's like, oh, I know who that belongs to. Wait a minute. Maybe the Saris were the same. Unbelievable. He takes a cup that Patience had drank out of to the police lab, where they do forensic lipstick analysis on it, and they prove that Patience no. is Catwoman. Why do you have to do God. the forensic? <laughs> he could have legitimately had a better chance of getting DNA if he scraped his dick. Yeah, I don't even think this was DNA. They just lined up the lip marks. <laughs> Like, yeah, when she kissed you, when we took a picture of it, and this cup matches up perfectly. But the handwriting, not the same. Not very different handwriting. The dude is such such a narc, too, man. I mean, he he, he gets laid. <laughs> He's literally a cop. 
Then he walks around. He owns the fucking place. He's taking her stuff away. Like, due process, man. Come on. That's true. This uh, this evidence was not obtained with a warrant and would not be admissible in court. That's why he scraped a dick. The least he could have done to maintain fingerprint integrity is pick up his used condom and pick up things around the apartment with that. But no, he doesn't even do that. You're assuming he used protection. Benjamin Bratt. Well, no way he used protection. But also at the same time, he could have because there's no way. We saw the dogs at the beginning. There's no way Halle Berry wants to get raw dogs. There's no way. <laughs> well, oh. I don't know. I mean, I assume she's also on the pill, but that's probably for fleas. <laughs> oh, my God. You both make very persuasive arguments. It's pronounced persuasive. I can see it now, huh? Benjamin Pratt, you have that weird conversation before the first time you'd do it with a stranger, more or less. <laughs> and it's like, are you on the pill? And she's like, yeah, I took my front line first of the month. <laughs> and he went, wow, that's a birth control I've never heard of because I'm a shitty detective. The worst. I don't even flip over bags. <laughs> he should have gone to the store and gotten a bag of milk and brought it home. <laughs> and just waved in front of her, see what she would do. Simple as that. That's real easy. That's entrapment, really, but. <laughs> <laughs> Encapment. Oh, you feel good about that? God. I don't, but I, it means Dave can't say it. Fair <laughs> That's fair. Scorched earth policy. I get it. Patience wakes up alone in her bed and receives a call from Laurel. And she's like, hey, I got evidence of George's crime, so you got to get over here. So Catwoman goes to the Hedera residence, only to fall right into Laurel's trap. George has been clawed at and fatally shot. And Laurel. Tosses the gun at Catwoman, and Catwoman catches it, and she's like, uh-oh, this looks incriminating. And then Laurel's like, help, Catwoman killed George! <laughs> and a whole bunch of people just rush into the room. They're not suspicious at all that Laurel had them waiting outside a room until Catwoman showed up. Right, and then the cops show up before I'm convinced Halle Berry even left the room. Yeah, I don't know how any of this works. I don't either. And furthermore, Halle Berry's walking around this giant mansion trying to escape, and her plan of escape is, I'm going to get changed. Hey. You know, uh, they're looking for a cat woman, and she is not. <laughs> She's wearing dark leather. She has dark complexion. Yeah. You would think at night she'd be able to sneak out under the cover of darkness wherever she is, but instead she throws on a bright white tracksuit well, yeah. that she found there. And it's and probably like, reflective. And now I'm out. Nailed it. For somebody who has the power of a cat, she does not believe in, like, sneaking around like a cat. Even in a theater, she's just... The reason the, the, the security officer saw her is because she was just fucking walking on the top of a staircase. Yep. Like, she was <laughs> even trying. Just sauntering through like she didn't give a shit. Actually, that's a kind of a lot like a cat. That's exactly like a cat. <laughs> uh, that's great point. Despite her terrible disguise, <laughs> she makes it home, but Detective Lone is there waiting for her. And he's like, all right, I got this gun. I know you could take it from me if you wanted to, because you're like some sort of weird cat lady, but don't. And she's like, all right, arrest me. And then, and he, then he does. He does. He brings her in for interrogation, and she's like, listen, I didn't kill anybody. I mean, I did probably rob that place, but I, I, was, I felt bad about it. Remember, I said sorry on the bag. And also, it stuff. wasn't me also. But also, it wasn't me. Time. I didn't do it. And Detective Lone is like, yeah, but like all the evidence pretty much says it was you. So he locks her up. Luckily. Wait. Wait, Brian, I'm sorry. She asks this question, quote, do you remember the first time you saw me? And I screamed out loud while watching this. Yes, because it was fucking two days ago. <laughs> I don't know, man. Time and space. Time and space. But I like how she's like, 
emotionally like blackmailing him. Oh like, yeah, we did the sex, right? Remember that? I, well, you know what? She has a point. There is a law. You can't just fuck somebody and then arrest them right after. <laughs> is that in the books? I don't. <laughs> it's it's in it's in the Constitution. <laughs> it's in the Geneva Convention. It should be. Midnight, the magical cat <laughs> shows up and sneaks through the bars of the window, and Hallie's like, oh, I could I could probably do that. Bars on the window of a jail only exist in movies. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a very convenient place for people to find a means of escape. Right, but then Halle Berry decides, wait a second, that cat went through the bars? Oh, boy. And then she steps through the bars- of the door of the prison. Like, come on. Yep. Do you think that they would actually have them far enough apart that somebody could just slip through them like that? And because this movie is so horny for itself, <laughs> she's walking down this hall sauntering as she does, yeah. making sure her ass leads the way the entire time. She jumps out a window and has a weird flip down to the ground and lands in front of a Jaguar car. And the Jaguar spanks her. Sure does. As it stops. Sure does. Yep. And she starts to feel the kitty cat on the front. It's like, movie, is there anything you don't want to see objectify a woman? <laughs> like, this is ridiculous no. hey, at hey, this hey. point. What if we had Zikar spank her on the bottom? Hmm? But that's the, eh? the thing about this is, like, I've never seen an inanimate object fail a Bechdel test. <laughs> <laughs> right? And we just did it. Yeah. Uh... Not great movie. Not great. She steals the Jaguar and goes right to Beolene Production Warehouse. And she's going to just take out a bunch of delivery trucks so they can't deliver the products because apparently it's just ready to go to shelves. It's like, all right, it kills people probably and makes people definitely faint. Doesn't and George end up in the just openly say, it's like, by the way, hitting shelves Monday. Like, you literally just got out of testing. Yeah. What are you doing? What's the deal? So she takes one truck and she chains up all the other trucks. She just kind of breaks their axles by driving one truck by and just tearing all the other trucks apart. So now they can't deliver. Even though a company this size will probably just get new trucks. Oh, yeah. I don't think she really delayed the timeline that much. Detective Lone sees that she has escaped and goes to Beoline where there's a press conference happening. And Laurel, whose husband is dead and doesn't seem to care at all as she's leading this press conference. She's just like, yep, and we're, we're doing the thing, and here's some free samples, and look at how happy I am as a person right now, and that's not suspicious at all. Nope. Husband's not even cold yet. They're doing a press conference at, I believe, 2 o'clock in the morning for this, too. <laughs> There's Get, no maybe. timeline. Get There's real no hung up on the time. Movie. <laughs> Ugh. Detective Lone takes Laurel aside and tells her that he has evidence of her crimes, which he doesn't. This is 100% entrapment. Absolutely it is. And he tricks her into confessing. So she shoots him. Well, what happens is he says, like, I, I kind of want to play ball with you. And she's like, oh, so you're going to make all the evidence disappear then. And he says, uh, well, <laughs> I never had any evidence. Ha <laughs> ha, gotcha. I gotcha. That means he still doesn't have any Correct. But then she says, now, why would you think it was me? After she literally just told him to get rid of the evidence. <laughs> it was her. It's like, yeah. movie, do you even hear yourself? I, I, I understand that in German, words kind of get mixed about, like the way that sentence structure works. Yeah. In French, are they just kind of like, 
Yeah, fuck it. Just go for it. Whatever whatever you say, yeah, we'll just contradict it in the next phrase anyway. It doesn't even matter. Existentialism. <laughs> As in, what I just said does not exist. <laughs> I really think that Pitoff might be Pepe Le Pew when it comes down <laughs> you know, with wow. the way he made this movie. All the signs are there. <laughs> Dave and Dave. No. I have. No, yes. we've gone this far. Yes. No. An yes. actual IMDb trivia fact. And you can't oh, even be my... mad. This is the first one in four episodes. Yeah, I can still be mad. Don't tell me how to feel about this. Oh, this is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> a newspaper reported that Sharon Stone's cell phone rang in the middle of filming a scene, and Stone took the call, holding up filming for a time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, good move by Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone, who I'd have to imagine is a consummate professional, didn't give any shits about this movie to the point that she brought a cell phone onto set. Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay. hold on. Get, hold, hold on. Hold on. Hey, hello? Yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah? No, no, no. I'm not doing anything important. No, no, no. no. It's some... <laughs> I don't know. It's a... I, I don't know. It's a movie, I think. I don't know. Something about cats fucking people. No, not like the musical. No, worse than the musical. <laughs> Uh huh. Worse than the Uh huh. Yep. No. No. Not even like it, mostly puns and then some sex scenes and that's it. Okay. No, I don't have to go. <laughs> I hope that conversation went on for like a half an hour while everybody was just sitting there and was like, you know what? This is more well scripted than this whole movie. I like that Pitoff doesn't even have enough control over his own set to be like, hey, maybe hang up the phone. We're filming because it's <laughs> Sharon Stone and she's like, I've done more than two movies. Yeah, Pete off. Once you can show your <laughs> vagina in a movie, then you can talk. She was the alpha on set for sure. Oh, without a doubt. As she should have been. Oh, absolutely. It's Sharon fucking Stone. Exactly. Catwoman arrives to fight Laurel. And it turns out that Laurel is unable to feel pain due to the continuous use <laughs> of the product she's yeah. trying to sell. Apparently this product makes your skin like marble. Yep. But once you stop using it, your face just falls apart. Yeah, and it's like almost instant, actually, <laughs> as we'll find out. They fight. There's glass stabbing and metal pipe beatings and whipping and terrible dialogue. Yep. It all happens. And eventually, Catwoman manages to scratch Laurel's face and pushes her so she's precariously dangling from a smashed window. Catwoman tries to rescue her, but when she sees her own face, Laurel lets go and plunges to her death because beauty is the most important thing in the world. That's a weird King Kong moment. It sure is. <laughs> it was Catwoman. It was beauty. It was beauty killed the beast. Killed the beast. Patience is apparently just absolved of all crimes here. They're like, oh, you didn't do it. We, we know because the lady who's dead down there, she's the one who did it. We got the fake confession that we can't use. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Patience sends a letter to Ophelia, or maybe it's a detective loan. We're not really sure because it kind of transitions from one letter to another. And she's like, yeah, thank you for all your help. And also, I'm breaking up with you because I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel. And then she slinks away into the night like a CGI cat person. Exactly. The CinemaCats.com final musing. No movie with this many cats can be considered a dog. That's a great point. Okay. I appreciate what they're saying. <laughs> but. Debatable. Debatable. Uh, that is Catwoman. That's Catwoman. From 2004, directed by Pitoff. <laughs> Famous director. I'm going to come in hard. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. I want all of my time back. Oh my God, this is one of the worst I've ever seen flat out. Not even just for a superhero movie. This is a terrible fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> they had to go do reshoots with less than a month before the theatrical release because that's how 
poorly it performed in test screenings. They were like, oh, this is really bad. We got to reshoot stuff a month before it comes out. And unfortunately, it wasn't enough to make it better. No, I will say this. This is not the worst movie I've seen. That would be Spawn, which, by the way, you guys (laughs) also brought me on for. So thank you for that. We give you the best and we give you the worst. We know there what are you're no in-betweeners for. for you. Literally, highs and lows. This is my observation of this movie. It's bad. It is very bad. But it's bad because there was an opportunity for this movie to be good, and they fucked it up. Like, there's no time and place. The soundtrack is awful. The graphics are awful. The city is nothing. The writing is cheesy. The villain has powers? Apparently, at the end of the movie that we find out, maybe, in case, unless you like, <laughs> just, just politely scratch her face and then her power's out. It, it, the character development is ambiguous. There's a romantic aspect that seems super forced. It feels like this movie was written by men who thought they knew who women were, but they were very wrong about it. And <laughs> the most frustrating thing about this is, and you guys are going to disagree with me on this, I think, I thought Halle Berry could have been a great Catwoman. Oh, I agree with that. I think she Absolutely. has the She's ability. She's a great actress. Thank you. I think you. she did She did the best she could with the material she was given and the direction she was given. She's yes. coming off of Monster's Ball. Yeah. She had just won an Oscar yeah. for Best Actress, and then she won a Razzie for Worst Actress yeah. hey, yes. only in the 2004. Fifth person to win an Oscar and a Razzie, and the sixth now, but it's still. It's very that's... impressive. The 25th Golden Raspberry Awards, they were held on February 26, 2005. This movie did win Worst Picture. It beat out Alexander, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, Surviving <laughs> Christmas, and White Chicks. Oh, wow. So that's good. Ooh. She did win Worst Actress, and she did show up in person she, yes. to accept her award. Good on she her. walked onto stage holding her Razzie and her Oscar, oh, and she gave an acceptance move. speech. Her acceptance speech was the same speech as her Oscar speech. Was it really? Uh huh. Where she mimicked it, she said, that is awesome. "I'd like to thank Warner Brothers for making me do this god awful piece of shit movie." <laughs> uh huh. And she went on further to start faking tears, like she did in 2002 the Oscars, and said, "I never thought this would happen to me. They can't take it away. My name's on it." <laughs> Chef's kiss. She said that if you aren't able to be a good loser, you're not able to be a good winner. It's just such a down-to-earth thing to it say. It really is. Other it people really who is. won Razzies that year. Worst actor went to George W. Bush for Fahrenheit 9-11. <laughs> Worst supporting actor went to Donald Rumsfeld for Fahrenheit 9-11. Okay. Worst supporting actress went to Britney Spears, weirdly for Fahrenheit 9-11. <laughs> that is weird. Sharon Stone was nominated. And the worst director was, of course, Pitoff. Of course. Worst screenplay was Catwoman. <laughs> And writer Michael Ferris showed up in person to collect the award. Wow. Oh, good on him. Good on These him. These folks knew exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. There are reports that Halle Berry knew while they were filming it how bad it was going to be. And she's like, hey, I'm just here to be their their dance puppet, to do what they say, collect my paycheck, because this thing is just hot garbage. Oh, yes. And then so it inspired bad. her to start directing herself. Good for her. Because she was like, I'm tired of not having a voice. Well, I mean, Pitoff doesn't let women have a voice, period. Period. Hard stop. Unless it's Alex Borstein, 
Who's an that salute to life. She's a gem. She was in the hospital this whole movie. Yeah, and she was hitting on her her doctor. Her doctor. She ended up with the doctor. She ended up with a doctor. Good for her. I, yeah. I love that character arc. I love her. She's great. She's the only redeeming thing about this movie. And again, even I, I thought even in this movie, as bad as the writing was, Halle Berry does have some like moments that are pretty good. Like they're few and far between, and they're they're not obviously her fault. It just shows how good of an actress she is that. I yeah. loved some of the lines that, that she, she could do something. She salvaged something. In right. There. Yeah. And Benjamin Bratt's okay. He's not terrible. But, again, he's no Jason Alexander, but Halle Berry, I thought was very good. You could tell that the writers had him in mind when, when they were, when they were working on the script as like, this is going to be a man. <laughs> so we can write it, you know? Yes. All of that. <laughs> Let me ask you boys this. Dave, you go first. Rotten Tomatoes. One hundred. Ooh, 12. Brian? Zero. It is 9%. Ow. The audience score is 18%. What? So they hated it too. It's still high. Well, I mean, they liked it officially twice as much as the critics. (laughs) But I mean, what's that say? Roger Ebert did see this movie. He gave it one out of four stars. Okay. So he doesn't give zeros. He says... Catwoman is a movie about Halle Berry's beauty, sex appeal, figure, eyes, lips, and costume design. It gets those right. Everything else is secondary, except for plot, which is tertiary. What a (laughs) letdown. The filmmakers have given great thought to photographing Berry, who looks fabulous, and little thought to providing her with a strong character, story, supporting characters, or action sequences. In a summer when Spider-Man 2 represents the state of the art, Catwoman is tired and dated. Wow. I forgot that they came out the same summer, and that's going to make this look even worse. The same summer. That puts things into perspective. I was also on for Spider-Man 2. Full circle. He's not wrong. How about that? (laughs) Look at that. Ebert goes on to say, although the movie's faults are many, the crucial one is that we never get any sense of what it feels like to turn into a cat woman. The strength (laughs) of Spider-Man 2, again, is in the ambivalence that Peter Parker has about being part nerdy student, part superhero. In Catwoman, where are the scenes where a woman comes to grip with the fact that her entire nature and even her species seems to have changed? Yeah. The score by Klaus Bedelt, which blew my mind, is particularly annoying. It faithfully (laughs) mirrors every action with what occasionally sounds like a karaoke rhythm section. The director, whose name is Pitoff, was probably issued with two names at birth and would be wise to use the other one for his next project. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that a good Ebert burn. Ebert slam. Love it. I think he nails it. The Klaus Fidel thing blew my mind. Yeah, when I saw that, because I was like, I need to see who did this music at the end of it. And when I saw that, I was like, oh no, this changes things. Just for a little heads up for everyone, Klaus Fidel did Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Which is an unbelievable score. An incredible score. <laughs> which I believe was actually started by Silvestri, and he picked it up later. And that works just as well. And uh, a little peek behind the scenes, I believe both Dave and I performed Pirates of the Caribbean for marching band in high school. absolutely did. So (laughs) different high schools, same music. It's that Klaus Bedell touch, though. It works. Yeah. Except for here. We weren't very impressed with his music and Constantine either, though. No, we weren't. So So maybe he needs that Silvestri lead. I feel like that's going to help anybody. Not wrong. The Klaus Bedelts on Amazon.com. 
They gave this thing a 4.5 out of 5 stars. Ex- why? Excuse me. High. So <laughs> high. 4.5? Out of 5. Out of 5. It has only 2,600 reviews, which probably does it there. So it's a little bit weighted. 74% are 5 star. 5% are 1 star. Oh, that's oh, high. Oh, my God. All of these reviews were incredibly long. That tells me they put thought into it. They hated it that much that they took the time. <laughs> no one was trolling. Wow. I only took some of the shorter ones. Good. Because I got things to do in my life. I agree. I can't read about Catwoman incessantly just like, oh, this sucked, this sucked, this sucked, this sucked. <laughs> I know it sucked. <laughs> so, from September 18th, 2018, it wasn't what I wanted, so I returned it unopened for a refund. Smart move. What did they want without also, opening it? Also, I like that they knew unopened that, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not this. You turned the DVD over. Pitoff, what? What is this? This is the farthest thing from what I ordered. From February 25th, 2020, covering this movie feels like shooting fish in a barrel. So let me say something mean about myself before I go full on, <laughs> before I go full on this film. Whenever I let go of a particularly powerful burst of flatulence, <laughs> I like to yell out, Benjamin Bratt! <laughs> He's not even the worst part of this movie. He went on to say a bunch of other mean things about the movie, but That's I'm, I'm happy he gave it to himself there. I like that. Positioned himself well. <laughs> From March 10th, 2013, title, Crap Woman. Review, <laughs> a cinematic bell movement. Halle Berry should be forced to return her Oscar after this atrocity. Oh. Horrible effects, acting, editing, screenplay, you name it, it's bad. Changing my cat's overfull litter box was a more rewarding experience. <laughs> Probably more true to the title. The last one I have is from December 20th, 2008. If you Google search worst movies ever made, Catwoman shows up on the very first page. <laughs> I Googled. Worst movies ever made. Yeah. And the Wikipedia page. Sure enough, there it is. Wow. No. It is in the 2000s era. And let me read you the other films from the 2000s that have made the list. Battlefield Earth. (laughs) Honest. I don't know what that is. Freddy Got Fingered. Oh, no. Glitter. Swept Away. The Master of Disguise. (laughs) Ballistic. X vs. Sever. Ben and Arthur. From Justin to Kelly. The Room. Geely, Sex Lives of the Potato <laughs> Men, Catwoman, Daniel, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, Alone in the Dark, Ag. I don't know what that is. Epic movie, I Know Who Killed Me, Meet the Spartans, Disaster Movie, The Hottie and the Naughty. <laughs> wow. That's a list. It is a list. Let's not bury the lead. Did you say sex with the potato people? Did I, did I just hallucinate that? Sex Lives of the Potato Men is a 2014 British sex comedy. Uh-huh. It's about a group of potato delivery men. I'm so intrigued. Okay. Well, join us next week when we talk about Secret Sex Lives <laughs> of the Potato Men. Of the potato people. And on that note of Sex Lives of the Potato Men, let's give this thing a super stuff score. Oh, I would love to do that. But first... And now for another edition of the Cape Podcasters Theater. This week on the Cape Podcasters Theater, Keaton Patty has blessed us once again. I was really struggling this. I was like, I got to find something that's going to match the insanity and the tone and just the absolute off the walls 
energy that is Catwoman. Okay. And so I gift to you. Keaton Patty says, I forced a bot to watch over a thousand hours of Tiger King. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> yes. And then ask it to write an episode of Tiger King of its own. Here's the first page. I'm going to be doing the narration, the action script, the scene descriptions, what have you. You know, the usual. Sure. Mr. Novak, I feel like you've been waiting your entire life to play this role. You will be the Tiger King. Oh, man. That is- What a lucky guy. Uh, I don't even know how to- ex- My gratitude. My catitude. <laughs> there it is. And Dave, you're going to be doing every other part. What? <laughs> every other part. There's four. So let's have some fun. Oh, my God. There's Jeff Lowe, Doc Antle, and Carol fucking Basket. Yep. So let's get into it. Tiger King. Exterior, cat prison in Oklahoma. That's the city of O in the state of Oklahoma. We see Tiger King sitting on a throne of tigers. He is not a tiger. He is a mullet with human desires. I am Joe Exhausted. I am gay for guns and cats and even men. I love hating Carol Baskin Robbins. He puts poison snakes in an envelope and mails this to Bitch, Florida. The land where enemy Carol refuses to die. <laughs> She's per evil. I am nice. I treat my tigers as good as my employees. An employee smiles. Their few teeth are all missing an arm. <laughs> I eat rescued Walmart garbage meat. My legs have never been more metal. Employee goes back to job of using meth. A Hummer explodes and shoots out Jeff Lowe and Doc Antle, the tiger princes. I now own this zoo. Bought it at the gift shop. <laughs> Cat has nine lives. I have nine wives. I implant breasts on tigers. <laughs> Jeff hires Doc's sexy tiger to be a nanny for his baby. They creep away to do old man things. Fine. I'm the librarian. Candidate for governor. My tigers will vote. His tigers vote, but not for him. He loses, so his husband must die, and he captures a new husband <laughs> one day later. I marry men when they are cubs. People pay to pet young things. <laughs> because a husband has died, Carol Baskin Robbins appears. She bike rides and Facebook pays her $23,000 for doing this. Hello, cool cats and kitchens. Tiger King aims a loaded tiger at Carol Baskin Robbins, but Tiger flips around and arrests him. Tiger was the FBI. Wow. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> Oh, man. Wow. Wow is right. I mean, it's the only episode it would be appropriate, I guess. Do you remember on the last day that Trump was in office and the Tiger King was just waiting for his pardon that even had like a limo parked outside and all yep. this stuff and then he didn't get it? And man, was it beautiful. Wow. What a moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had a really famous Netflix documentary about a year ago. Oh, okay. No. I'm just gonna, no. Just, no. Just going to rot here in prison. Okay. If that bitch Carol Baskin <laughs> hadn't blown up so much at the beginning of the pandemic and happened at the end of the pandemic, I would have been a free man. Fuck you, Netflix, for putting out the beginning of the pandemic. That's a great point. Let's give this thing a super stuff score. <laughs> On that note, why not? Catwoman, story and motivation. I'm going to start at zero. Okay, that's a good place to start. <laughs> My scale is not going to go upwards on this one. Not by a long shot. Uh, it's it's going to be a difficult time for Catwoman. I think I'm going to go negative 
point five. Uh, you know what? That's the reason I'm not going lower is because it tells a story. It tells a story, and and it's not good, and it makes no sense. Not good. No, there's some corporate fuckery, and they're gonna kill their customers. Catwoman is killed and then comes back and she's like, I'm going to, you know, you're right. It's a negative point five. Yes. Right. Realistically, I was trying to find just, something. If they there. just let this product get out, obviously people are going to disintegrate a little bit. Yeah. But this company's going to completely fail from all the lawsuits. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's and one of those FDA things like, fines. oh, we need to stop it now to stop these people from getting hurt. It's like, I get it. That's all well and good. Yeah. But you openly said at the beginning of this movie, if you just wait. You're going to solve your own It'll problem. solve itself. Also, let's not forget that, that one security guard, if he had been doing his job, this movie would not have happened at all. Correct. And it seems like Sally was just fine by just not using the cream anymore. That's true. We didn't address that at all. Well, <laughs> by not using the cream and then getting a little of that doctor cream, am I right? Oh, boy. Oh, sorry. Yep. Yeah. No, that happened. It seemed so it, <laughs> negative. Yeah. It, it seemed, negative point. It five. seemed like the writers had a decent theme of like, hey, there's different beauty standards for men and women. There's a double standard. And then the next step was to like make that into a story, and they were like, nah, we're good. So, yeah, I think that's fine. <laughs> I was about to say, do you really think they even thought about that for a second? <laughs> I think they maybe saw like a Vogue article on it. Negative point five. Let's talk about the hero. She saves the day. From what? Exactly. Face cream? <laughs> when you break it down that way. That's one of Halle Berry's biggest problems with this movie. She's like, how come Superman and Batman get to go out and save the entire world, and I have to fight a makeup company? I'm going to go negative one. Ooh. Oh, no. No. I'm going to go point two Here's, five. I, I'm inclined to agree with you until you just take into account that Halle Berry does have some redeeming moments. Few and far between, but like, I don't want to hold it against her. Okay. So like maybe like a flat zero. <laughs> that is generous. Do you want to go a dirty zero? I'm okay with a dirty zero. Okay. Here. That's a weird one, but okay. Dirty zero. Zero for hero. Mostly because. It rhymes. And, you know, that's a thing. Sally does a whole rhyming thing yeah, with, yeah, with Detective Tones. I, I, I think the zero is appropriate because. Villains. That's why. <laughs> oh, boy. What is their plan here? It's a corporate fuckery. I don't, I have no idea what the plan is. Laurel seems to be under the impression that once people start using this cream, they'll have to continue to use it forever or else their faces will look bad. Not taking into account that, you know, it's extended use that does that. Right. And limited use gives you headaches, makes you pass out. So you'll probably stop using it pretty early. And we don't find out that she has like a superpower until there's no less than 10 minutes left in the movie. When she I, says it makes your face like marble. Already forgot that she had a superpower. Yeah, yeah, she, so you're not yeah, wrong. I would, I'll, I'll say it again. Negative one. I'll say it again. Is she trying to make an army of marble-faced <laughs> citizens? Marble-faced, beautiful-skinned citizens. What is happening? Yeah, negative one. Negative one. This, this makes no sense. That brings us to parents. We know nothing. We, we, know, we know from her opening dialogue, the VO, that there would be nobody listed in her her obituary as a right, next but that doesn't. We don't know anything besides. I mean, we have. We that know information, she has no family, but it doesn't mean we have confirmation of dead parents. It's important to note. We need confirmation. You know what? Point five. I think you're going to split the up right there. Brian makes a coherent point. There's no family left. No family means no parents. But we don't see. Okay, fine. But we no next. But we don't see them die on screen. So I'm going to say is point five. Split the uprights. Okay. All right. Point five. You're welcome, Brian. 
just because. Are you I, upset that this is getting positive points? <laughs> I don't care for it, but I'm willing hey, to. Hey, don't to worry about it. Female characters. Oh, dear. Oh. Uh, someone else lead this one off. Oh. Now, we've done some unprecedented things in recent weeks, even. Uh, I believe we gave an, an impact on the genre to Ghostbusters of a three. I'm suggesting the unprecedented negative three. Holy wow. hell. That is unprecedented. This I think movie, it's a bit much. This movie is I think terrible that's a bit much. to its female characters. I'm going to go negative two. Okay. Because I would legit think that Pitoff would have to like give Halle Berry dialogue of like, oh, God, pussy. Here. <laughs> Here it is. I'd <laughs> love to say the day, but I'm just a lady. <laughs> You're right. That would be negative three worthy. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I need a male detective to help me figure this out because I got girl brains. <laughs> yeah, one who one who rescues the main character, again, 11 that minutes into the movie. Three. The problem is, is this movie does have that vibe. They don't you're explicitly state it. There's so the subtlety. Right. They found it. <laughs> hey, let's let's treat these women like they can't do anything, but like not say it, right? Negative two. Negative yeah. two. I, for a movie- I can't believe I had to talk you down from a negative three. <laughs> well, you know, for a movie with a female main character, female best friend, female villain, and then a female, I guess, ally or all-knowing being or whatever Ophelia Parrish is, I'm pretty sure this movie does not pass the Bechdel test, though. No! This movie is pretty much two girls, one Bechdel test. <laughs> they literally shit all over it constantly. It's amazing that you can have a mostly female cast- and still not pass the Bechdel yes. test. They might pass it. You gotta try for They that. might pass it in one scene, but still, no. I, I, negative two, I think, is fair. I, I think I think maybe Ophelia might get them there, because she doesn't talk about... But she talks about cats like she wants to fuck them, so maybe. <laughs> I don't <true>. know. <laughs> negative two for female characters. You know I had already typed negative three? That's, that was cocky. That was just my brain. No, like... Even after we said it was a negative two, which is <laughs> my brain enough. was like, no, it needs to be Brian, worse. Brian, get your fingers warmed up for that negative three soon. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen because it's just that wild. But setting. Negative two. We have no idea where we are. No idea. They don't say Gotham. They don't say New York. They give no reference. It looks like a bad video game. But they keep trying to establish some sort of city by having this insane flying camera all oh, the time. Yeah. And when you look at that insane flying camera, you cannot see any cars on the street. You can't see any trees. <laughs> it's so badly done. It's not even lit. It's just like, yeah, whatever default lighting is in this city building. <laughs> right. It's Superman 64. Windows 98. It's a whole nothing. It's pretty much, if you like look at the credits and look at it long enough, you'll see like visual effects done by freshmen at Full Sail or <laughs> by, something yeah. like that. Visual effects <laughs> by Pitoff. <laughs> yes. I'm okay with Apparently he one. was like a visual effects guy before this movie. How? I don't know. I don't know. Um, also, let's not forget time and place or time and space are also part of setting. Yeah, there's there's Doctor Who episodes that make more. What sense do you want to give this thing? I have no idea. I don't know. It feels like a negative two to me. Again, I don't know. I'm okay with it. I have no issues with they it. They don't even attempt to establish. Well, you a know setting. what? Let's go negative one. Let's be fair because I'm going to be going hard very soon. Okay, negative one then. Oh God, I've just remembered that Dave has his own guest pull. Don't remind him of that. Oh man. No, I am ready to pull it and pull it hard. Let's go, Brian. Oh, oh no! God. And what I didn't like weird that right now is that John Leguizamo is probably putting on his weird clown makeup right now, <laughs> knowing that he's safe. That Spawn is officially safe. I mean, it's it's looking that way so far. The Turtle Christmas 
feeling pretty safe right now. Also, <laughs> let's talk about style and tone. Let's please. Where to even start? Let's talk about the costume first. If you actually okay. want to have a jumping off point, yeah. This is terrible. I honestly think it might be peak sexualization of female superheroes. Without a doubt. Super impractical. And Halle Berry even said so, like, this is dumb. And they were like, put it on. Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. But you know what? The costume that she wears for the robbery in the jewelry store, I thought was actually pretty cool looking. Before it gets torn up. It's closer to the comic representation of Catwoman. Yes, 100%. I thought that was cool, and I thought that was going to be the rest of the outfit. And then I saw her walking in like the, the leather bikini. I was like, oh, I remember the mid-2000s. There we go. <laughs> yep. And let's also talk about weird Catwoman CGI jumping about. Ooh, oh, yeah. God. It does not look good. It doesn't look good, and they spent way too much time making sure the butt jiggle was anatomically correct. Yep. And you can tell that that's where they focused all their attention. Yep, again. It's bad. And the skin doesn't even look real. It looks fake and fat. <laughs> I'm okay going negative one. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. yeah. Negative one. <laughs> negative one for style and tone. Wow. Let's, that doesn't even take into account the terrible camera handling that happened throughout this entire it's movie. Brutal. We, You know what? We actually skipped over the entire Ferris wheel scene. We absolutely did. And, and it's the right choice. Yes. Yep. And that camera work was the worst in the movie by a long shot. It's almost like they just tied a camera to a rope and dropped it from the top of a Ferris wheel. That's all it was. <laughs> it was horrible. It hurt. And I was happy to forget it. There you go, guys. There's a broken Ferris wheel. It happens in this movie. Yep, that and happens. People get rescued, and it doesn't matter to the plot at all. At all. <laughs> oh, you guys so are pointless. Like- and so long. <laughs> Patience is catwomaning right in front of Detective Lone, and he still doesn't pick up that, oh, yeah, no, it's definitely her. Yep. So. Negative one, style and tone. Negative one for style and tone. Music. Klaus Bedell. Klaus Bedell. What happened, buddy? I don't know. What happened? I don't know. I don't know where it went wrong. Again, I think it sounds like it should be in the room, and that's a problem. That is a problem. That's a big problem. This is my poll, because the music was so bad in this movie I can get past the bad graphics. I can get past the bad storyline. But jabbing me in the fucking face, stabbing me in the ear with a number two pencil the entire time this movie was on was the goddamn <laughs> mid-2000 soundtrack. Guys, I am pulling it. I, I want to start at a minus three because this movie made me want to put it on mute and watch it with closed captions on it. I- it was awful. Awful. It was torture watching this movie because of the music. I cannot let you go minus three. Okay. No, that's, that's Fine. excessive. Minus. It is excessive. Especially if we're, we didn't do it for female characters. Yeah. I don't think the score and the soundtrack is worse than the characters. I will not fight you on a minus two. Minus two is it wild. is. Minus two. Oh. Here's the thing. I don't think you can hold Hoobastank against the movie because, I mean, it was- Oh, two- I forgot about Hoobastank, It Hoobastank, was 2004. Though. I'm ignoring Hoobastank. That was the best part of the movie in terms of music. And, and that's actually And that is inaccurate. a problem in itself. <laughs> Whatever that scene, when they were playing basketball, the music playing in the background, the camera cut, it was like a bad music video from the mid-2000s. It brought back flashbacks of just that it shitty really was. post-9-11 era, minus two. I want to say that was a, a Britney Spears collab with, uh, I don't know with who, but the song is called Scandalous, and oh boy, is it. Yes. It's something. 
you know what? Minus two. I don't care how Britney Spears is back in the news and everybody's like, save Britney. Don't care. Minus two. We got him down to a minus two. We got him down to a minus two. It or got still him up to a minus two? Up, uh, yeah. It seems excessive still, but I'll allow I it. I have never hated because... anything in my life more than the music <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. That says something. Oh, yeah. One-liners. <laughs> All right. Um, now you are a cat woman. <laughs> that was a line <laughs> that was said in this movie. Mm-hmm. Let's also not forget Cat got your tongue. Okay, zero. Okay. I just want to leave it at zero. I like zero, but one more. Game over. Guess what? It's overtime. overtime. <laughs> However, I would like a point two five for just cat mummies. I know it's not necessarily a spoken cat line, mummies, but cat it's mummies. Not... I felt I saw that. I laughed. Cat mummies. Are we thinking zero? zero. I, I think it's yeah, zero. Zero is fine. Cat mummies is great, but yes. it's. Honestly, not the first thing I'm going to think of if somebody says cat mummies is this. Right, it's literally the only thing I'm going to think about forever after this. I'm going to be like, it's just something. Tell me more it's about these cat mummies. Finally, final category is impact on the genre. It's not high. <laughs> Here's the thing: I'm never sure when it comes to a bad movie when we talk about impact on the genre. Is the impact if it's a bad impact? Is it still not an impact? a great question it is an impact if they do such a large pivot but the problem with this movie is that it came out the same year as spider-man 2 it absolutely did which had a massive impact on the genre oh it had an absolutely incredible impact on the genre to the point that this thing got just overlooked i don't even think it went the wrong way i don't know if that's true I don't think it got overlooked. I think this thing has become a meme in itself that's like, oh, Catwoman, that's like the worst movie ever made. And for that reason, I don't think many superhero movies starring women got made for at least another 10, 15 years. That's not incorrect. So that I think that gives this a pretty big impact, actually. Not to mention, it cost $100 million to make, and it made $82 million, <laughs> oh, which is insane. God. That's insane. That's crazy. $82 million worldwide of people's hard-earned money. Do you want me to blow your mind even more? It's made $35 million in DVD sales since. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that many people bought it. I'm trying to think of female-led superhero movies. Yep. That came out between 2004 and, let's just call it Captain Marvel, I guess. Yeah. I'm right? Wonder Woman. Like, I'm trying to think of Wonder Woman obviously was there, but- there's nothing. There's not a whole lot. There's just a if big anything. old gap. My super ex girlfriend. Even, even then, she's she's, villain? she's not. Yeah, she's yeah. not the lead. Yeah, nothing. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but one. I think because it's I a think one. you made a good argument there. It had a large impact. Not a good one, but an impact nonetheless. Right. Oh man. I know we broke it. I know we broke it. We we like breaking it, and this is no exception. Our new. Worst scored movie of all time. Oh. It's going to be Catwoman with a negative six. Negative six? Negative. On a scale of zero to ten, Catwoman is a negative six. It's very bad. It's six. <laughs> hey, well learned with your negative six. Right. I don't even know how to put that into letterboxed. <laughs> Can you guys put in a bug to make me be able to do this? Yeah, how do I negative score things? Is that- oh, man. I guess the next big question is, what are we talking about next week? Next week, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a movie that's based on a comic book, I believe. What does that mean? It, we're, we're talking about some James McAvoy, some more Morgan Freeman, 
Oh, and we're, some Angelina we're there? Jolie. We're gonna curve some bullets, baby. We're talking about Wanted. I'm very excited for this one. I haven't seen it since it came out. I have not seen this in forever, so I'm pretty pretty stoked. Actually, what were your initial feelings on it? It was outlandish and just so much fun. Good. We're in the same spot. So yeah, <laughs> great. I, I can't wait to rewatch it and and see how I feel about it now. So until then, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Like and follow us on our assorted social media pages at Kate Podcasters. We have links to those pages on katepodcasters.com, our website, where you can also find a link out to our Patreon, where we do our monthly exclusive not-so-super movies. Last month, we did Forrest Gump, which just recently came out. And next month, we're going to be talking about Armageddon. And oh boy, is that going to be fun. Ooh, yes. Excited for that. If you have anything you want to ask us, you can send your questions to katepodcasters at gmail.com, or you can check out our Facebook page because every week before we record, we put up a post asking for your comments and questions. And we got a few. Excellent. Our good buddy, Jerry D from Totally Rad Christmas. Go listen to that podcast. It's always a lot of fun. He asks, why did they punk out and not just make her Selena Kyle and do an Eartha Kitt-style Catwoman? Oh, that is a great question. But I'm also happy they didn't because it was not in the hands that were capable. <laughs> Peter, not nearly skilled enough to do damn near anything. Yeah, Medium no, talent. Yeah, but they did have uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie for a split sec. Well, was she, wasn't she like on one of the pictures in Ophelia's place? When she got pushed off that fake balcony that... Is apparently like some sort of weird sex trap. Yes, she was one of the pictures. <laughs> trap door thrown on top of her. Not that I we know sex traps at all, but yes. Well, all right, all right. There you go. I you guess. I guess that makes this <laughs> canonical to the Burton verse, right? And on that note, go listen to Totally Rad Christmas with our buddy Jerry D. <laughs> yes, do it. Our good buddy Micah. He's got a question. Oh, he says, "Long time caller, first time listener here." <laughs> oh. Gimmick, and he gimmick has a question for the ginger skull. <gasps> Ooh, okay, here we go. He asks, and I kind of hate him mm-hmm. for it. Who is the ginger skull, and why is he? Oh no, oh no! Please have him explain, Micah. Thank you very, very much for. I think what we can all agree upon are very important questions. A low point, yeah. Oh yes. Um. To answer your first question, who is the Ginger Skull, that is David Novak. And I, I don't know if you – I mean, Dave Michaels, Brian Betts, they do introduce me at the start of every show. so Begrudgingly, yeah. Begrudgingly, but that, that was there. So that's an easy one. Now, why is the Ginger Skull? Now, Micah, when a man and a woman love each other very dearly. Or, you know, sometimes when they just don't pull out quick enough. <laughs> that's right. Yes. One or the other, really. It's really one or the other. Uh, here's the thing. I am a reaction to troll culture online, right? Trolls, they don't get it right. They they try to be annoying, but they do it in the least subtle or artistic way. Me, I write long emails that take a long time <laughs> to get to the point. When asked who I'm rooting for, I say, I just hope both teams win. Now, neither one of those are a bad thing to say, but they get underneath people's skin. And that's a lot better than just posting something angry on Twitter. So why is the Ginger Skull... Because the world needs a ginger skull. Either that or a bird fucked to be. Either that or a bird fucked to be. And let's be honest, evil will always triumph because good is dumb. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. I'm not thanking Micah. I refuse. 
<laughs> yeah, that was that was bait. The last question we have, Phil Hawkins. He's got a wet bed behead for us. Oh. He wants to know. Wet bed behead. Yep. Catwoman, Batman Returns. Ooh. Catwoman. Catwoman. <gasps> and Catwoman, The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, okay. I think this is really easy. So Do you? I do. This is my nightmare. Oh no, I think this is this is very easy. All three horny in their own right. Yes. The obvious answer, I think, is you have to kill Halle Berry's Catwoman because she is actual cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that, that crosses some weird lines. Uh, yeah, you could get arrested. Yeah. yeah that's problematic in, in the fact that- If you're doing her kitty she's style. She's an, an animal. Yeah, exactly. You know, so that's not okay. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer is the horniest thing on the planet, as we've previously determined. Right. So you're going to bed her. And- who wouldn't want to wed Anne Hathaway? Mm. Christian Bale makes the same choice. So that's a very good point. <laughs> Brian, I am going to have to respectfully disagree with you. Okay. The obvious answer is you have to behead Catwoman. You have to wed Catwoman. And that means you have to bed Catwoman. How can you get that wrong? Should have seen that coming. That's wow. on us. Yeah. For no, you know. Open the door. I mm-hmm. didn't think of it that way. <laughs> Dave, I don't think I'm going to let you get off the hook on this one. I have one for you. Okay. Wed, bed, behead. Benjamin Bratt. <laughs> okay. Jesus. Christian Bale and Michael Keaton. Jesus. Oh. Yeah. Really? You're the Catwoman now. Meow. You're the Catwoman <laughs> now, dog. Also a one-liner. Yep. If I have to do this, I'm going to... Are, are we talking about the actor or the character? Oh, the actor. Shit. Okay. <laughs> it's more fun if it's the actor. I'm going to... Wed Michael Keaton. Uh huh. Smart. I think he's the most stable of the bunch. Yeah. I'm going to bed Christian Bale. Ooh, you're feeling risky. I, I'm feeling risky, and it's because I'm probably going to get real turned on if he yells at me about moving a light. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that's what did it about for just you. that power yell. Yeah. Do I come into your bed? Do I fuck up your lights? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Benjamin Bratt's got to die, though. Okay. I'm sorry. To Benjamin Bratt, but also I'm not like at all. <laughs> I don't trust him. Hasn't He's going to be walking around my enough. room when we're done. And I I cannot have no. that. Yeah, just helping himself to my fridge. What do you, you don't live here? <laughs> I don't like it. I just met you, Benjamin Bratt. I stood you up twice already, and now you're here. We shouldn't be doing this. This is weird. It's a good thing I had my front line. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kills fleas, ticks, and Benjamin Bratt. Perfect. I appreciate that wet bed behead. <laughs> thank you, Phil, for your wet bed behead. <laughs> and thank you, Ginger Skull, I think, for joining us once again, or for being dragged along the ride with us. <laughs> Since you called us cowards, we had to make sure you weren't one either. Yeah, guys, I can honestly tell you I am feline sad because that movie put the ow in meow. I mean, there's no other way he could have gone out. Nope, that's perfect. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Brian, you got anything else? That's it for me. Fantastic. We're going to see you guys next week for Wanted. Same pod time. Same pod catnip.